Last week, Pastor Arp had the opportunity to tell us what it means that Jesus is our priest. And ultimately, it means that Jesus actually stands in our place. So a couple weeks ago and this week and next week, we'll see how Jesus actually stands in our place. And today, through being on trial, we'll hear about that in our video for this morning. The men who arrested Jesus led him to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. The religious leaders were gathered there. They wanted a reason to kill Jesus, but they couldn't find one. Finally, two men came forward and said, this man said he can destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Caiaphas stood up and asked Jesus, is this true? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus said nothing. Caiaphas said, I command you to answer, are you the Messiah, the Son of God? Jesus replied, yes, that's right. In the future you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God, and you will see him coming on the clouds of heaven. Caiaphas was angry. He and the other religious leaders did not want to believe that Jesus is God's Son. They said Jesus was lying, but Jesus was telling the truth. Caiaphas tore his robes and said, this man has spoken against God. You all heard him. Now what should we do? The crowd said, He deserves to die. Then they spit in Jesus' face, hit him, and mocked him. The next morning, the religious leaders decided how they would kill Jesus. Then they took him to Pilate, the governor. Pilate asked, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Yes, that's right. Then the religious leaders made accusations against Jesus, but Jesus did not say anything. Pilate was surprised that Jesus was silent. Every year at Passover, the governor would free a prisoner, whichever prisoner the people chose. At that time, there was a prisoner named Barabbas who was very dangerous. So Pilate asked the crowd, who do you want me to set free, Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? The crowd answered, Barabbas! Pilate asked, then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? The crowd answered, crucify him. Pilate asked, why? What has he done wrong? But the crowd kept shouting, crucify him. Pilate saw that there was nothing else he could do, so he took some water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am not guilty of this man's death, he said. Then Pilate freed Barabbas and handed Jesus over to the crowd to be killed. Jesus was unfairly sentenced to die, although he did no wrong. Jesus was the perfect substitute for us, dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead. Everyone who trusts in Jesus has forgiveness and life with God forever. That word again, substitute. Jesus is our substitute. I want you to recognize in this story how God actually really flips the world. Because Jesus is the judge of the entire world. He's the one who actually has the last word on all of our lives. And yet in this story, Jesus is judged. This is really the greatest, one of the greatest evils we have seen the human race commit. That we have decided that God, the only perfect man to ever walk on earth who is God, deserves death. 
And yet God turns that great evil to the ultimate good, where Jesus, our judge, is judged for us. And as we step into this story and walk through it, I want you to take a minute and sympathize with the characters in it to see Jesus through their eyes. Now first, I think we need to start at the very beginning of the trial, and this comes from Mark chapter 14, verse 55. At the very beginning of the trial, it tells us why this trial is happening. Let's throw that Bible verse up on the screen for a minute. And as we hear these words, what we see is that the chief priests were not putting Jesus on trial to find out if he was innocent or guilty. They were putting Jesus on trial so that they would have a reason to put him to death. And at the beginning of the trial, they found none. So the evidence already points to Jesus being innocent. But they wanted to shine the light in Jesus' eyes and to, and to put him on trial, and they tried him for most of the night until finally he gave them something that they could convict him by because Jesus actually finally tells them the truth about who he is. But this is not blasphemy. This is Jesus telling them the truth of what his miracles have demonstrated and of what the Old Testament says about who the Christ is. Jesus speaks the truth to them, and they condemn him. Now, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. And why would they do this? Well, they didn't have a lot of power, but they had a little bit. They had a little bit of control over their lives and how it went, and Jesus' power threatened that control. And so they got rid of him so that they could keep their hands on the wheel. And I wonder if there's ever been a time in your life where you have been there, right? Where we are a little hesitant to say, Jesus, take the wheel, because we're the white-knuckle drivers. Right? We want control in our lives. And whether that control looks like me trying to say, well, Jesus, I know you said that I should be doing this, but I don't have time for it in my life right now. We, we push that aside and, and try to get rid of Jesus' teachings. Or maybe it's a bigger way that we, that we have been doing the right things and we want people to recognize that, well, I've actually done the right things to be a little bit better instead of just accepting Jesus as my substitute and trying to get rid of of Jesus. Now, if you have in your life wanted to control Jesus or if you're there right now, hear these words that what the chief priests didn't recognize and what sometimes we don't recognize is that in the end, we don't get to judge Jesus. But Jesus judges us and he's the one that speaks a word about us. Back to the story, you have these chief priests hand Jesus over to Pilate. Pilate's in this story just because he's the only one who can actually put people to death. And so, and so they hand him over to Pilate. Pilate's goal is to find justice and to punish the evildoers. He finds Jesus innocent pretty early on. And he spends a while trying to release Jesus. But what Pilate is afraid of is the crowds because it looks like they're starting to riot. And if they riot, Pilate loses his position, maybe, and maybe even his life, depending on who has the power. 
And so we'll look at this next verse. This is from Mark chapter 15, verse 15. It says, Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. I want to ask, have we ever wished to satisfy the crowd? That, that the crowd, the people that we are around aren't big fans of Jesus. Maybe they, maybe they are actually telling us why they're not big fans of Jesus. They have a list of reasons as long as their arm of why they wouldn't be Christians and what Jesus has done wrong for this world. And maybe sometimes, like Pilate, we stand as they spit on Jesus silent with no response. Because, well, we have things we want to protect. Maybe, maybe we want them to think highly of us and we don't want to associate with that Jesus. Or maybe, maybe it has to do with our job and our position that we're risking losing that if we actually talk about Jesus. I think we can sympathize with the priests and with Pilate. But I think one of the blessings of this story is that when we recognize that none of us are in a position to judge Jesus, but Jesus is the judge, well then we have the blessing of seeing Jesus through the eyes of Barabbas. And we don't know the backstory of Barabbas, and I don't know if I, I don't know your backstory. Maybe it was because he wanted control over his life. Maybe it was because he fell in with the wrong crowd and was afraid to do anything against them. But for whatever reason, he gets caught in the middle of doing something very bad. He's in a revolution, and he kills somebody. See, Barabbas deserved the punishment. He deserved to be imprisoned. He deserved to die. And that's true for actually every one of us. That we deserve the punishment. Because of whatever reason, maybe it's the control we wanted or, or the things we have done to the people around us, but for whatever reason, we are here in prison deserving punishment. And for a reason beyond anything we could possibly comprehend, God puts his son in our place. <laughs> Imagine being on that day expecting to meet your death sentence and you're released while you see the only innocent man you've ever met take the position of death for you. Jesus takes our cross. He takes our sin. That's what we do in baptism is we are meeting Jesus so that he takes his sin upon, our sin upon himself and goes to the cross with it. And Jesus dies our death so that you would be free. And you are free. So that Jesus, who is actually not just the one who died but came back to life, he was our substitute. He was judged in our place. But he will judge in the end. And when Jesus judges, he calls you innocent because your account has been paid for. You've already been punished on the cross. And now in Jesus' eyes, you're innocent. Set free, just like Barabbas. And that freedom, that freedom builds us up with lives of joy. And that's why we're here today 
is to remind ourselves of these lives of joy and to practice these lives of joy as we pray together, as we celebrate in the songs that we sing and in the, in the music that we get to hear, and as we actually have an opportunity to talk with each other about Christ, we get to share the joy of a Christ who sets us free here in this place so that as we leave this place, we can share the joy of a Christ who sets us free. Because this world needs freedom. This world needs to know that God turned this great evil into the greatest good. That God took the judge of the universe to be judged for us.